Father, we thank you that you're a God who is good and you're always good and you're always working. And so, Father, as we come now and together around your word, Lord, we don't stop and transition. We just, Lord, we just want to continue to flow with you. So, Father, we thank you for your precious word because it's your word that changes lives. Amen. It's your word that is truth. No, the truth, the truth sets you free. And we acknowledge and we declare your word is truth. I wonder if you say that loud out of your mouth, your word is truth. Say it again, church. Your word is truth. Your circumstance, your situations, your contradictions, your hurts, your fears, your failures are not truth. God's word is truth. Can I hear an amen as you grab your seats? God's word is truth. God's word is truth. God's word is truth. I just feel to encourage us even as we're just flowing here. I encourage you to speak God's word over yourself. Sometimes we're waiting for the man or woman of God on a Sunday morning to speak God's word over us. And God says, speak God's word over yourself. I love what it says in First Samuel 30, verse 6, when David's mighty men who would do anything for him were talking about stoning him because of the anguish of their own heart. Sometimes people say dumb stuff, bad stuff, not because they're bad people, but because they're going through an anguish of hearts. Huh. And in that moment, David realized, man, I'm just, this is not, this could easily weigh me down. And it says this wonderful scripture you might know in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. Another version says, and David strengthened himself in the Lord. I, I want to tell you that the power is in the word that flows from your mouth. This is not where I intended to go, but this is where Holy Spirit is going. And uh, why am I ever surprised? <laughs> You're not, right? God's word in your mouth is where the power lies. Some of you, that's the word of the Lord to you today. That's what you need to hear. We're waiting for someone else. As if they have a more powerful God than you. Sometimes I think we think there's a senior Holy Spirit, a, I don't know, a middle Holy Spirit and a junior Holy Spirit or something. And maybe you think you've got the junior one. No, you don't. God's word in your mouth is powerful. God's word in your mouth is powerful. The Bible says, speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So what it says, Pastor Greg? Speak to yourself. Come on, speak to yourself. You might say, I can't do that. Look at me. You do speak to yourself, don't you? And most of what we speak to ourselves is hindering, not helping. Can we get real? We believe a lie from the enemy that says, I can't do what we constantly do, but we just do it in reverse. I can't meditate, but I can worry like heck. Rick Warren in The Purpose Driven Life said this, if you know how to worry then you know how to meditate because they're actually the same thing. They're a fixation on what if. Worry is what if. Guess what? Meditation, you read something in God's Word and go, what if? Same thing. I can't speak to myself. Yes, you can and yes, you do. If you say... <laughs> if you say... I can't speak to myself is because you're speaking to yourself saying I can't speak to myself. Sometimes we don't need a lot of help from the devil to beat up on ourselves. True? It's time to speak to yourself. Good on you. Anyone else? If you want to speak to yourself right now, you go for it. It's okay. Sometimes we're waiting for a, I don't know, permission or some other time. 
Come on. David encouraged himself in the Lord, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual song. Come on, yeah, edify, build up. Come on, prophesy to yourself, speak life to yourself. I'm waiting for someone else to speak life to me. Come on, no, come on, I have the mind of Christ. How many times does Paul and the other apostles, what they declare about themselves? We, we, we're reading it now from them, but they're speaking it then to them. Come on. I, I wonder, we read Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We read it from Paul who's in prison. But I wonder if, if he's, he's written it in a letter because that's what he's been speaking to himself. Come on right now. I need to rejoice in the Lord always. Come on, I can do all things through Christ. What's that? I'm speaking to myself. I have the mind of Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through. Come on, what is this? I am speaking to myself. The word of the Lord to you today, which is not the word of the Lord that I was bringing, but let's just start here right now, is start to speak to yourself according to God's word, not according to how you feel, how you see what others say. I break off the power of what others said over your life. Some of you need to do that yourself. Huh. Because even what it says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, which I quoted before and we sing it, but we, the context is, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. It, that's, it's established, right? It, it's done. But then the amen that let it be coming into agreement is spoken by us to the glory of God. God's done His part. And sometimes we are relying too much on another person, another pastor, another song, another podcast, another sermon to do it. But God says, no, it happens when you come into agreement with it. You know that you could have the greatest man or woman of God in your perception, who, by the way, is no greater than you. Lay their hands on you and you think it's going to shift when they do it. No, it's going to shift when you start to speak to yourself. But I did that, Stephen. It didn't happen. I wonder why God gives us so many examples of, come on, march around the walls once and again the next day and again the next day. And on the seventh day, come on, march around the wall seven times. Okay, come on. You want to get healed of your leprosy? No, okay, go and dip seven times. Go and dip seven times. Uh, when Elijah sent his servant, he said, go and look. And he sent him back again and he sent him back again. I, said, I wonder if sometimes we just give up a bit too prematurely. I've come to the firm conclusion, the unshakable conviction that God's timing is different to mine. Sometimes I'm okay with that, sometimes I'm not. How about you? But don't give up. Don't stop. Don't stop. Huh. Incredible. God's just given me a segue into what we're talking about, so that's nice. I like being with you guys. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thanks, Steph. You can come sit down and enjoy. We sang a line in the song, Faithful You Are. We sang, Faithful Forever You Will Be. And then the bridge we say, my confidence is in your faithfulness. Anyone sing that? Anyone sing that? Four of you. Anyone sing that? If I ask a question, it's not rhetorical. I want you to talk. Did anyone sing that? We sang, faithful you are. Faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be. And when I sang that line, the Spirit of God spoke to me, and this is what he said. We think forever he will be faithful. And is that true? That is true. That is true. Forever he will be. But it says faithful forever you will be. And I felt God say, we think he will, forever he will be faithful. And God says, no, faithfulness forever he will be. That is faithfulness. The fact that he just will be forever, that's the greatest faithfulness. That God is and God was, and God will be. 
That is, it says in Psalm 90, verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. I am grateful that we serve a faithful God, anyone else. And uh, I want to talk today about something I'm gripped, and really, it is really simple. So simple that you might not even think it's prophetic. But let's not put prophetic in some category or box of just so complicated that hopefully some way I can somehow attain it, but please don't send me to Africa. I want to empower you today. I don't want to encourage you. I don't want to just inspire you. I want to empower you. And I want to bring by the Spirit of God, I believe, some context to what you might be going through or what you will one day go through. Because having God's context in it is actually the empower to go through. There's some of us in this room today that maybe you are going through a difficult time, a challenging time. If you're not in that category, maybe you have. If you're not in that category, you will. Can anyone relate to I have, I am, or I will go through some challenging times? Can I see your hand? That's good. Okay, that's good. That's good. I want to shift your thinking on something today. Is that cool? Because the reality is we'll have those times, we'll go through those times, but I think we view the will of God incorrectly during those times. And so I want to come and bring a word, and I want to just download, and I want you to receive this. It's simple. It's simple. If, the, 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 if you want a title, it's faithfulness and fruitfulness, but if you, want to, if you don't like that title, just here's another one, keep on going. When I say keep on going, you, you probably go for the faithfulness and fruitfulness one. I think I might take that one. It sounds more spiritual. And sometimes we miss the word of God because we want it to sound more spiritual. Wow. Most people miss Jesus because they want something that looked more spiritual. Let's not miss God because it's, oh, okay, that makes sense. Today I want to talk about faithfulness and fruitfulness. I want to talk about keep on going. And I want to go to the word in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. And I'm going to read this uh, from the New King James. Galatians 6, 9. And I think many of you have heard it. But I want to lean into it. And can, can we just enjoy the God's Word for a little bit here together today? Will you, will you receive something simple from God today? That will help you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That will help you when you've got questions, when you've got doubts. Will it help you when God has spoken something but you're not seeing it yet? And it looks differently. Will, will, you, will you receive something simple when you're going through uh, in a marriage that there's challenges and you don't know what to do or maybe you don't know what to do with your kids or your parents? Or, or will you receive a word that actually impacts your life outside these four walls where we've got the beautiful worship and everything's okay for a moment? Because that's the word that I'm giving you for today. The word for your life. Don't segment your life. Don't compartmentalize your life. You have one life. You don't have multiple lives. Amen? And the God that's interested in and glorified and enjoying the times of worship with us, from us, is the same God that walks through the most difficult of difficult times. And he wants to come and empower us today in that. Amen. Amen. Galatians 6 verse 9 says this, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap. How many people like that part? If we do not lose heart. It says, and let us not grow weary. That doesn't mean get tired. We've got to take the whole context. In the context of it, if you don't, lose heart, or as it says in the NIV, if you don't give up. It, it's, it's not a, I'm tired for a moment. And it's not even I stumble for a moment. Come on, church. Stumbles don't disqualify us. We disqualify ourselves when we stumble, but the stumble cannot disqualify you. 
It cannot. God is okay, not as in with the sin, but he's okay with the stumble. That messes with your theology. Psalm 37, 23, 24 in the New King James says this, The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord, and he, God, delights in that person's way even though they fall. God delights in that person's way even though they fall. They won't be cast down because he'll uphold them with his hands and say, let's keep on walking. But I stumbled, yeah, but I'm God. Sometimes we elevate our stumbles above our God. It does not say, let us not, where it says, let us not grow weary while doing good. It doesn't mean about not getting tired. It doesn't mean not stumbling. It means don't stop. Let us not give up. Let us not quit. Let us, as it says in Hebrews 10, throw away our confidence. As it says in Hebrews 10, let us not be of those who shrink back and are destroyed. It says, let us not grow weary in doing good. The last bit is if we do not lose heart, if we do not give up. And in the middle, you get in due season, we will reap. <laughs> the NIV says at the proper time. <laughs> Here's something that really sucks in life. The proper time is God's time, not my time. How about you? At the proper time. But it also says in due season. Come on. Come on. Let's lean in. Let's lean in. In due season. In due season, we will reap. When someone is due, it's the right time. When a woman is due, it's the right time. You don't want to come in prematurely. You don't want to come in prematurely because that brings complications. In the due season is when it is, should be the most healthy. And it says in due season, we will reap. And this is what I see in this passage. And as I want to lean into this today, get ready, Greg, we're going to drink. Let me say this again. And let us not grow weary while doing good. That's our faithfulness. Everyone say our faithfulness. Come on. Let's look at this on, on the foundation of the fact that God is faithful. Come on, look at this. And let us not grow weary while doing good. My starting point as I'm meditating on that even again in the last few days is, oh, I, I, rather than just go straight to me, I want to go straight to God. I, I'm so grateful, God, that you do not grow weary while doing good in my life. I'm glad that you don't give up by doing good in my life. I thank you that even that you're always working everything for the good of those who love him, that he's bringing it to completion. God is good. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 20, too, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. That's who He is. I'm glad that God doesn't get tired and doesn't stumble in His goodness. But 1 John 4, 17 says, in this world, I'm like Him. I'm called to not grow weary in doing good. Because I am the image of God here on this earth. He is faithful in His goodness. And God says, I want you to be faithful in your goodness. And this is what the word of the Lord says. And let us not grow weary while doing good. That's us. That's our faith. Come on, keep going. Keep going. It says that the last bit, if we do not lose heart, if we do not give up, what's that? Faithfulness. Keep going. And in the middle is for in due season we shall reap. That's fruitfulness. And this is what God wants to say. Fruitfulness comes from God. In due season, when there is faithfulness from us in every season. Can I say this again? Can I lean into this? Is that all right, Greg? Fruitfulness comes from God. You say, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. I'll show you. Fruitfulness comes from God. Come on, John 15, 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. You remain in me. I remain in you. You will bear fruit. Why? Because you're so good? No, no, no. Because you're, you're in me. First Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 6, Paul says, I planted the seed of Paulus water. Only God makes things grow. Come on, don't confuse it. He's the one that does this thing. Come on, come on, come on. Fruitfulness comes from God in due season. Come on, come on. I've got to preach today. In due season. This is going to empower us because we're misreading this thing. When there is faithfulness from me in every season. I'll tell you what God is looking for, and I'll tell you what God is not looking for from us. 
God is looking for faithfulness from us in every season. You want to say, this is not empowering me. This is like, this is what? It is empowering us. Because our frustration is because we want to see the results. We want to see the breakthrough. We want to see the miracle. We want to see the growth. We want to see the change. Come on, is this true or not true? This is true. But that's the fruit. That's God's part. So we're getting frustrated because we can't do God's part while we're ignoring our part. He says, keep going. Don't grow weary in doing good. Come on, don't give up. Don't shrink away. Don't, don't cast away your confidence. Come on. Keep on going. Trust me. Trust me. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? You will. So God is looking for faithfulness in every season. And two things I want to mention about that. What's he looking for? Faithfulness in what? Number one, faithfulness to God himself. I told you, don't miss what God's saying because this is just simple. God is looking for people that are faithful to God in every season. It's easy to be faithful for God when God's answering all of your prayers. Come on. It's easy to be faithful for God when you feel the Spirit of God on you like you feel like you're in glory or heaven or something like that. It's easy to be faithful for God. But it's not quite so easy to be faithful for God. Do I really need to go dot, dot, dot? When you're praying... And God's promised. And it's not a week. It's not a month. It's not a year. It's not even a decade. Come on, 30, 40 years. I'm still waiting. That's a different story. There are many people that are not in the church now or even are in the church now that are not walking with God like they once were because they didn't see the fruits. So we step back from being faithful because God didn't do what we expected him to do. God is looking for people that will remain faithful to him no matter what. What did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say? They said, our God is able to save us. It's possible. And our God will. I have a confident, unshakable conviction that God will. Come on, that's where, this is at that point when it doesn't happen is where over time a lot of people start to step back and grow weary in doing good and lose heart and give up. Because I, 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 it's fine to say I, I know he can, but I actually believed he would. But their last statement is, but even if he doesn't. But look at what he said after, I know he will. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. I believe he can. And I know he will. But if he doesn't, come on. That's, some of us see that as double-minded. I think in the context, it's, it's a higher confident trust in God than in the outcome. They're saying we see in part, we know in part, we look through a glass dimly. We have got to get past our understanding, church. We've got to get past God being somehow filtered through our understanding. Proverbs 3, 5. What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Do not lean on, rely on, get your support, your strength, that which holds you up. It literally is the picture of someone with a walking stick that if it is taken away, they fall over. It's that which holds you up. Don't get that from your understanding. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And often it's the mind that is the very thing that actually gets us to step back from God because we're relying upon the mind, not the God that the mind was given to worship Him with. I hope I'm not confusing you. Faithfulness to God Himself. God is looking for faithfulness in every season. God is looking for faithfulness in every season. Faithfulness to God Himself. And number two, faithfulness to doing things God's way in every season, in every season. You know when the finances are tight and they've been tight for months now and when the bills are going up and you're tempted, well, maybe I can just shift what I'm doing and maybe I can hold back some of my generosity to God or or maybe if I'm a business owner, maybe we could, is there any way that we can, I mean, we don't want to blatantly do the wrong thing, but is there any ways that we can just, you know, you know? 
faithfulness in every season. Faithfulness in every season. Faithfulness in every season. Relationships. It's easy to love when love is reciprocated. It's a darn sight harder to love selflessly when you're just constantly taken advantage of. I wonder if Jesus had any idea what that was all like. But God, you don't understand, really? God will never ask us to do something that he hasn't already done or empowered us to do. And I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not, I'm not here to rebuke. I'm, I'm, this is, just stay with me because this is actually empowering me in my life. It's really empowering me right now. And I want to say that God is looking for faithfulness in every season, faithfulness to God himself, faithfulness in doing things God's way. But I'll tell you what God is not looking for, and that is that God is not looking for fruit in every season. This is a word of encouragement to you. Some of us are frustrated because we don't think we're doing the will of God because we're not seeing what we thought we'd see. It says, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap. In due season we will reap. This is what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, that person's delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. He meditates on it day and night. That person, come on, you know this, is like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in season. Hang on, if I'm meditating on the word and I'm like this tree that's planted by the rivers, surely I'm bringing forth fruit all the time. No, you bring forth fruit in season. Your leaf will not wither, yet whatever you do will prosper. So God, you're saying I can be prospering in my soul because we prosper as our soul prospers, not financial. I'm talking about my soul prospers. I can prosper as my soul prospers in every season, even when I'm not seeing fruit. We think we're prospering when we see fruit, but it says you'll bring forth fruit in season and you can prosper with whatever you do. I'm here to lift a wrong thought off us all. We are saying, we are frustrated. We're, we're even at the point of God, I just want to do your will. I just want to do your will. And we're equating that will with, we're really equating the will with the fruit. And can I give you the word of the Lord? The will is the faithfulness. Because the faithfulness is our part, the fruitfulness is God's part. He makes the things grow. I, I want to go into this a bit further because I actually want to talk about winter seasons for a moment. But before I do that, no, you stay with me because Holy Spirit's just speaking to me. So I'm just going to do something here. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. I want to. I, I want to lean into this. I want to want to read Ecclesiastes. I know it's such a well-known verse, but then I want to, something's about to come, I believe, clear pretty soon. I think it's really encouraging for us. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. Down to verse 8. says this, There is a time for some things. There is a time for everything, it says. And a season for every activity under the heavens. Is that what it says? Come on, we got to have, if I'm going to do something today, I want to empower you to recognize the seasons. And not misdiagnose the seasons in your life. And not judge the seasons in someone else's life. Maybe we are getting disheartened because we're not seeing the fruits. And when I talk about fruit, I'm talking about the results, the things that God alone can do. And our fixation is how do we change that 
and we're in this constant point of frustration, and God said, can I lift that off you? Because maybe, just maybe, just maybe it's not the time or the season for that. He says, for everything there is a season, for every activity under the heavens. And then it starts to give a list, a time to be born and a time to die. We, we accept that one, don't we? A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Come on, even that, that's not our natural thing. A time to refrain. No, no, it's always a good time. to. We need to understand for everything there's a time and a season. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent. A time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Verse 1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Can I talk to you about your winter seasons for a moment? Because you want me to talk about the spring and the summer because that's all we ever want. That's all we ever want. But I felt God speak to me recently, Steve. I, he, he started talking about the seasons thing and, he, and then he gave me the word winter. And I said, that's not really an encouraging thing to bring to a church. Because the church just wants to hear, summer's coming. Come on, spring's coming. Spring, what is it? The spring lambs and the new life. Come on, that, isn't that what you want? Bet we have winters. Do we not? In our lives, we have winters. And I felt God say, Steve, go to the dictionary and have a look at the word winter, which I thought was a really weird thing because I know what winter is. Excuse me, brother. One moment. We know what winter is. Thanks, buddy. Great show your reward being. He said, go and look at the word winter. So I went and I started to read down and it's like, yeah, I know that. I know. It's good, good, good. And I came across one statement and it leapt off the page and God started to speak. So I want to download. And this is like the second half of where we're going and we'll land from here. Uh, as I was looking under the w- word winter and under verb, this is what it said. Listen, keep or feed plants or animals during winter. To keep or feed during winter. And God started to spring, speak to me. And this is what he said. What we do in winter determines what we see in spring. This is an amplification of Galatians 6, 9. Where it says, do not grow weary in doing good. Don't lose heart. Come on. What we do in the winter For in due season you will reap determines what we will see in the spring. The ones that have the greatest fruit uh, on the vine or or with the animals or livestock, they're not not shepherds, they're they're not um, farmers, they're not not whatever the other people are, growers. uh, They're not people that uh, work on the farms in their different capacity. The the ones that see the most fruit in the time for fruit, are not the ones that in the wintertime saying, well, we can't do anything, that's it. They're the ones that in that time are keeping and feeding, are keeping and feeding, are keeping and feeding. And God says to me today, Steve, uh, do you want to see the fruitfulness in due season? Do you want to see the new life and the fruitfulness in spring? And I say, yes, God, I do. And he says, then I want you to keep yourself in the right places, and feed yourself on the right things in the wintertime. When I see no fruit, come on, 
when I don't see the evidence of God, where I don't see the breakthrough, where I don't see the healing, where I don't see the restoration, where I don't see the provision. Come on, church, this is real what I'm talking to us right now. The word of the Lord to me today has got to keep yourself and to feed yourself during those times. Come on, this is faithfulness. Don't shrink back. Don't pull back from the places that you should be and don't go to the places that you shouldn't. Because when we're not seeing the fruit, when we're not seeing the results, when we're not seeing the answers to prayer, sometimes that um, very, even if it's subtly and unintentionally, we start to project it on God and we start to go to places that God did not design us to go to get something that will fill that void or fill that need or make me feel better because God is not doing what God said he will do. Sometimes we're in places that God says, is that going to produce the fruit that you desire. God says, keep ourselves in the right places and feed ourselves. This is, this sounds to me a little bit like the David. Come on, David encouraged himself. I got to feed myself right now. I got to feed myself right now. I mean, we know Psalm 23, which I've quoted, but we know even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. I wonder if you notice something in that. That's an acknowledgement from David that God is with me, but he only knew that because that was what he was feeding himself on and keeping himself in. Because the same, we can have, walk through the same valley of the shadow of death and have no reference point for God because what consumes us is the valley of the shadow of death. Winter consume, consume us, and God is the God of the winter and the spring and the summer and the autumn and the winter and the spring and the summer and the autumn. But what are we keeping ourselves in? And what are we feeding ourselves on? Sometimes the times where we, man, we, we need it in our opinion more than other times are very much the times where people step back. Most people that are not in church anymore are not in church, did not leave church in a time of spring, but in a time of winter. There are people sitting in this room right now. You know that you've been going through a winter and you know your heart has been stepping back from God. It doesn't step back from God in the time of spring where we see the fruit, where we see the results, where we see the breakthrough. Come on, church. We don't, but God is calling for some faithful people that do not throw away your confidence. I'm going to keep on going. Let me give you a scripture that I've, Known for a long time. Hebrews 10, verse 36. And I've seen something different. Praise God. You doing okay, church? Hebrews 10, 36. 35 talks about not throwing away your confidence. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. That's what verse 35 says. Which is interesting to me that it says, do not throw it away. You know that no one can take our confidence? It doesn't say, don't let anyone take away your confidence. No one can take away. The amount of things that we think people have taken away that is not theirs. They can do stuff, but we... They can't take away our peace. They can't take away our joy. They can't take away our life. They can't take away our love. Even this goes back to what I said at the start when I was just flowing with the Holy Spirit. We were talking about we got to speak to ourselves the, the truth because we're speaking to ourselves things that are actually in them of themselves derailing us. I can't move forward because of what they did. Hang on, that's, that's completely wrong theology, isn't it? I can't move forward because of what God has done. Not everything will look. Not everyone will respond the right way. Not everything will be resolved. Don't believe the lie that says if you follow God, everything will be resolved. That's not very encouraging, Steve. It's truth. It's truth. Ask many of the great cloud of witnesses that we read about in Hebrews that are just championing us on, and many of them, their situation wasn't resolved. They lost their head. They were, they, they were martyred in all different forms. They, some of them lived in faith, and they died in faith, still waiting, believing to receive the promise. We, we gotta, we've got to let God do his part. And we've got to allow God to define and outwork how that looks. 
I'm not God. Some of you guys say, thank God for that. You're not God. And everyone says, thank God for that. We've got to let God be God. We've got to let God be God. This is not a, this is, this is not wishy-washy. This is not. I see in part, I know in part. Come on. His ways are so much higher. His thoughts are so much higher. And it says, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly re- rewarded. Now listen to this. This is what it says. Hebrews 10.36. You need to persevere. Does this sound like that it's not grow weary in doing good if we don't give up? Does this sound like faithfulness? Our part? You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Has anyone heard this scripture before? Can I tell you what it does not say? You need to persevere so that you can do the will of God and receive what is promised. But that's how we think it is. I need to get through this so I can do the will of God. Come on, I need to appreciate us. Look at me. I need to, we, come on, we believe when we're going through a difficult time, what's our desire? We want the difficult time to stop so that we can do the will of God. Is this true or is this not true? But it says you need to persevere. Watch this. It doesn't say you need to persevere. You need to get through this so that you can do the will of God and receive what is promised. It says you need to persevere. Watch. So that when you have done the the will of God, persevere. You will receive what is promised. (laughs) This is empowering. Because you go, I just want to do God's will, but I'm stuck in the situation. Then guess what? You can do the will of God as much in the winter as you can in the spring or summer when you see the fruit. Don't confuse seeing fruits with doing the will of God. Come on, God's taking me to the story of Joseph. 17. He got something promised to him in a dream. Did he or did he not? And we can, if we're not careful, we can fast forward to the age of 39, 22 years later when he revealed himself and go, great, now he's doing the will of God because look, it's come to pass. No, he's received what was promised. He saw a fulfillment of something. But I tell you right now that he was being faithful and he was doing the will of God when he was betrayed by his brothers. He was being faithful and doing the will of God when he was not seeing the fruit of what was dreamed about when he was in potters for his house. He was being faithful to the point that Potiphar put everything into his care because he can tell God's hand is on this man. In prison, he was entrusted with things. He was not seeing the promise fulfilled. Come on. Don't believe the lie that says when you get through this, that's when you can do the will of God. The word of the Lord to me And to you today is this. (laughs) You need to persevere. So that when you've done that, which is the will of God, you will receive what is promised. This is what I feel the Father says, and if you want to remember a statement, it says, persevering during winter is the will of God. If you're in winter, the will of God is not that you get through it to spring and see fruit. It's that you keep on going, that you keep on being faithful to God, that you keep on being faithful to doing things God's way, that you do not throw away your confidence, that we do not give up that we do not start to talk about others in a way that dishonors God, that we do not start to shrink back from fellowship, that we do not start to get bitter and angry in our heart. This is the will of God. But Steve, if things would change, I could do it. No, now is the time for us to be faithful, which releases God to bring the fruit. Stephanie, if you'd come back, that'd be awesome.
I want to say, is this making sense? As we just stay and lean in these last few minutes, I really want to encourage you, don't allow your season to define you. God defines you. What do I mean by that? When you're going through a winter, our language often says, this is me. Our language often makes this our whole world. When we're going through a difficulty emotionally or mentally, if we're going through a difficulty relationally, we're going through bad relationships, whatever it may be, that becomes, this is, this is my reality right now. I want to do the will of God, but this is me. I'm just an emotional wreck. I'm just always angry. I'm just always frustrated. I'm just whatever it may be. Does this make sense? And I felt God say this. He showed me the picture of, uh, I knew it was God because I don't remember these things from school. A greater sign. You know the greater sign? That? So whatever is on this side, if you get this, is greater than what's on this side. Are you with me, church? And this is what God showed me. He says, in Christ, greater than in a season. Don't get your identity from your season. For some, that is in a time of fruitfulness and success. Don't get your identity from that. Who are they? Oh man, they're a million. They're a millionaire. They're an incredible business person. Well, they're, they're just a. They're just a wheelchair. Don't get your identity from. God's part, which is fruitfulness. Let's get our identity from Christ, from the Father, from the Holy Spirit. In Christ, you're a church that knows about in Christ. You've been leaning into it. In Him, in Him, in Him, in Him. Have you heard that a few times over the years? It's greater than in a season. I'll tell you what, when we get derailed, it's not, oh, wow, I feel God speaking. I, I pray you're really leaning in because this shift results in power. I mean, Sandra? The winter, if you're walking with God, the winter cannot derail you. It cannot derail you. But my view of the winter can. And the view of my responsibility and my expectations in the winter can derail me. But the winter can't derail me. Come on. God, right now I'm not seeing the fruit, okay? So if you're the one that makes things grow, Lord, I release that to you. Some of us need to do that today. I release that to you. The results of fruit, I release that to you, God. I'm going to stay in faith believing but I'm not going to get my identity from something that you do in due season. I'm going to get my identity from you. I'm not going to be derailed in the waiting. I'm going to be faithful. Apart from Jesus, Joseph is by far my favorite character in the Bible. Always has been. Always has been. Always has been. Think what that man went through. He remained faithful. He did not grow weary. He did not lose heart. And by doing so, every step of the way, he was doing the will of God. I don't know if I said it before, but if so, I'm going to say it again. You are not doing the will of God any more in spring when you see fruit than you are by being faithful in winter. No more. No more. In fact, I wonder if the fruit of the Spirit, oh, wow. Galatians 5, and 23, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Come on. Faithfulness. 
this whole what is love, it is, come on, long-suffering. I wonder if the fruit of the Spirit, which is not the fruit that we're talking about in due season, you'll bear fruit, because we can be bearing that fruit. I'm talking about the fruit as in we see the results of the labor. Are you with me? There's two fruits. Fruit of the Spirit, always. The fruit of the labor, the fruit of what we believe in, the promises, that is in due season. Don't confuse the fruits. But I believe that we will actually demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, which is the greater fruit because it's the fruit of the spirits. I believe we will demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit more by faithfulness in winter than by fruitfulness in spring. We are focused and fixated on the fruitfulness in spring, the shift, the change, the breakthrough. We leave churches, we leave families over not seeing the fruit, all the while aborting the opportunity to reveal the fruit of the Spirit by our long-suffering, by our kindness, by our faithfulness, by our patience. You don't need patience unless you've got an opportunity to be patient. You can't be kind unless you've got an opportunity to be kind. Here's a revelation. You can't be self-controlled unless there's an opportunity to exercise self-control. Temptation wouldn't be temptation if it wasn't tempting. Winter seasons... I believe, and I'm just being to myself right now, are a time for the people of God to flourish and prosper. I'm not seeing, talking about breakthrough and results. Shift the focus. I'm going to be faithful, God. I'm going to keep on persevering. And I'm going to keep on doing the will of God by being faithful to you and faithful to doing things your way. Because I know you're a faithful God. And you'll bring fruit in due season. But I want to reveal the fruit of the Spirit in the winter. Anyone else? As I close, I just want to mention these three things I mentioned before. And I'm going to just pray, ask a couple questions. Here's three statements in all that I've said. Don't misdiagnose your season. Will you receive that? But Steve is not... Bears fruit in season. Pressure off. Don't misdiagnose your season. Maybe part of the focus has shifted from fruit, fruitfulness to faithfulness. God, I want to be faithful in winter, in the spring, in the summer, and in autumn. Don't misdiagnose your season. Come on, church leaders, business leaders. Many of the frustrations are because we are misdiagnosing the season. Seriously, I just feel God saying, don't move on just for a moment. How crazy would it be for a farmer when he's just planted a seed to be sitting there frustrated that he's not seeing fruit. We'd say that's crazy. How about if he's watering and he's been watering for a few days and there's still no fruit? It, it would be crazy to sit there just, this is just not worth it. I thought it would happen by now. Things take time. And in God's time, remember, he lives outside of time. We get frustrated because we don't see it in the time that we're like, come on, God, hurry up already. It's, it's been three days to the eternal God who has never not existed. Like you're running out of time, which you made. Come on. Come on. We need to just shift the perspective. Don't misdiagnose your season. Number two, don't judge other people's seasons. Can I hear an amen to that? There's too much of that. We look at where someone is, we look at what's going on in their life, and we conclude, oh, there's something wrong. Here's the word of the Lord. 
stop it. I wonder if some of us, when Judas betrayed Jesus, would go up to Jesus and say, there's obviously something wrong with what you're doing. Don't misdiagnose your own season, but don't judge other people's seasons. It's so easy. I, I, I do it at times. How about you? Look at where someone's at, what's happening, and we, we draw a conclusion because they're not seeing this, therefore. Maybe it's not the season. Don't misdiagnose your season. Don't judge other people's seasons. And here's the third thing. I think this is really important. Champion each other on in every season. If someone's flourishing, champion them on and celebrate. Including if you don't feel like you are. That's the hard time. Come on. Come on. It's easy to celebrate when you're, hey, but it's more powerful to celebrate without it becoming all about me and my problems. Let's champion each other. But when someone's struggling, come on, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If one person falls down and they're walking alone, that's no good. But when we walk together, come on, let's lift them up. Let's champion each other on in the body of Christ in our lives, in our families, in our businesses. Can we do this? So, Father, we come, and I wonder if everyone could just close their eyes, avoid distractions. And here's my two questions I just want to... You'd ask Father right now, am I doing what you want me to do in the winter? Am I being faithful? Am I persevering? so that I can see what you want me to see in the spring. That's the fruitfulness from you. Father, am I doing what you want me to do when I don't see the fruit? And the second question, which is really probably an amplification of that, is am I keeping myself in the right places and feeding myself on the right things in winter? Am I keeping myself in the right place? I feel the Spirit of God saying that doesn't just include physical locations, that includes my heart. Am I keeping my heart in the right place during winter? Am I keeping my heart in the right place when I'm not seeing the fruit, the results? And am I feeding myself, feeding myself, feeding myself. I don't even really get much from church. I don't really get much when we sing songs. I don't really get much. Feed yourself. Maybe a shift of focus. God, I, I want to be faithful to you in every season. Father, in this wonderful time today, as we said in your word, Lord, I pray for those that are in winter seasons that maybe have been living with a frustration that there will be a shift of perspective today that we'll let go of seeing the results, seeing the fruit, knowing that that's your part, God. We'll let go, not let go as in lose our faith, but let go in trying to make it happen, fixating on it happening, making that the most important thing in life. Lord, we, we let go of seeing the fulfillment of the promises. Father, may we live through the winter times like Joseph did in the apparent winter times, knowing that you're smiling, that you're pleased. What does it say in Hebrews 12, 2, fix your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him, that's the fruit, endured the cross, despised the shame. That's faithfulness. And praise God, now he's sitting down at the right hand of the Father. So you consider him, not just who he is, but how he did it, so that you will not grow weary and you will not lose heart. 
Jesus for the joy set before him kept on going. And tonight I'll talk a little bit about the joy set before us. But I want to tell you right now, we get to spend eternity with our Father in heaven. So God, just give us your perspective, we pray. Help us to keep on going. Not in okay, I suppose I can, okay, I will if I have to. But Lord, with the fragrance of Christ in our lives. We want to honor you always. Not just when we see your goodness, but Lord, we want to honor you when we don't see it. Lord, we want to honor you always, not just when we see the fruit and the results, but when we don't. So we commit to faithfulness in every season. And we leave the fruitfulness in due season to you. May our lives reflect you well. And may it all be for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you, church. if you're able to come out tonight, I've got something that I'm sort of gripped by. So I encourage you to come. And uh, God bless you. God bless you. Thanks, Greg and Danny.